0: In the trigger on a podcast on the topic of OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder. I have been procrastinating and overthinking this for over a year, and I've talked to friends about it. I have several very close friends that have a child um, who has pretty severe OCD and Debilitating OCD. Um, one of them, her son struggled with it for years and years in high school. And late in high school, early college, he finally found a treatment that really helped him. But it's still somewhat of a struggle. And I'd love to get her on this podcast sometime because she is um, an expert almost on OCD to the level that many professionals aren't because she was with her son through all this and studied it and went to numerous appointments um, to help him deal with it. And so last night I was talking to another friend about her daughter's struggles and the debilitation from OCD last night. And I was like, okay, I've got to, you know, share some things about OCD. I think it's poorly understood by a lot of people and I have dealt with quite a bit of it. I don't consider myself an expert. Um, It is, a lot of people consider it to be in the classification or the family of anxiety disorders and that is one of my specialties. So I do feel, you know, like I have some pretty good experience with it but always could learn more. So I would love to just talk to you the way I talk to my clients or their, their families about OCD and trying to help you understand it. And sorry, I'm in my office, so there's other therapists and clients walking down the hall if you hear voices. But um, so I'm gonna share the description from the diagnostic manual or a definition that you might see um, from the Mayo Clinic and just give you an overview of some examples. So one description That pretty much captures the essence of it is obsessions are recurrent and persistent thoughts, impulses, or images that cause distressing emotions, such as anxiety, fear, or disgust. So we often just call them intrusive or unwanted thoughts. So that's a key point um, to remember. These are things you do not want to think about that pop into your head. So... um, That's really important to remember because some of the thoughts that pop into people's heads are very disturbing and will cause a lot of guilt or disgust or fear. But I have known clients who were basically almost suicidal because they felt so terrible about their thoughts and almost believed that there was something wrong with them or that maybe deep down they were perverted or a killer or you know, wanted to murder someone. And again, the very nature of these thoughts are that they're unwanted and that they pop into your head. So another key piece with this too is we all have, almost all of us have unwanted thoughts or intrusive thoughts. They just may not be to the degree of someone that warrants a diagnosis of OCD. So um, one that I have had, probably the main one I've had my whole life off and on, I remember as a child, having a fear of falling near the dishwasher when it was open and having one of the spokes go through my eye. And that has been kind of a weird thing for me. Like if I'm at a wedding or a party and I have a fork in my hand and someone kind of comes up to talk close, I think, what if I lose control and like stab them with my fork? Or if someone's talking to me you know, closely and I have a pen in my hand, I worry that I'm gonna poke them in the eye. So I don't know what my deal is with eyes, but um, I've also had thoughts if I'm hiking, like what if I accidentally just jumped off that cliff? Or if I'm on the sidewalk, what if I jumped in front of a car? And these are all disturbing. I'll I'll even cringe a lot of times when I think of these things. And I know that I don't want any of them to happen. It's just kind of a natural impulse or a fear. So, um, again, when you are feeling bad or, um, guilty, or like you're a terrible person for having these thoughts, just remember they're causing distress because you don't want to do those things. So, you're not a bad person. This is just kind of a weird impulse that is common for almost everybody. So um, one that's a little bit more embarrassing to admit, but it's a perfect example of something that can make you feel guilty if you don't understand it. I did a lot of babysitting when I was like 12 or 13 and uh, 14. And sometimes when I'd be changing these toddlers diapers, I would think, what if I accidentally touched one of these kids inappropriately. And again, it would be like I would cringe and be like, oh, like that would be horrible. But even then I I somehow thought, oh, that was a weird thought, but I don't think I beat myself up for it. And I think that's the difference is some really sensitive, anxious, worrying types of people that are really hard on themselves would really give themselves a really hard time. And I think intuitively I just figured, you know, I know I don't want to do that. I'm just worried. I don't want to like stab anyone or touch anyone inappropriately. So um, I have this list that I often give out to clients called common intrusive thoughts. I think it's actually called common obsessions and intrusive thoughts reported by non-clinical samples. And the point there is these are like some really, really common intrusive thoughts and obsessions that happen in like 90% of the population, but these aren't like inpatient um, or mental health clinic patients. These are just normal people in the regular population that have these thoughts. And it can be anything from a thought of having sex with someone who's ugly on the bus, or a thought of having sex with a family member, or again, something you don't want to do. So um, I know I keep saying that, but remember, intrusive and unwanted. Um, So here are a few more categories of the types of thoughts that you might have. Um, Fear of contamination by people or the environment. And it might be just touching a doorknob. What if I get the flu? What if I get COVID? Um, What if someone contaminated my food? I remember... A college student that I worked with over 20 years ago, he would be at the workout gym and he was afraid that somebody, if he forgot his water bottle or his lunch or something, that somebody would have contaminated it. So he would throw it away if he um, left it unsupervised for a couple minutes at the gym or something. And he couldn't get rid of that thought. So um, disturbing sexual thoughts or images, I already gave you some examples of that. The next category is religious, often blasphemous thoughts or fears. Again, this is something you don't want to think about or something that bothers you. There is a type of OCD called scrupulosity that's worth looking up. Um, but it's really, I I like to explain it sort of as an overactive conscience and beating yourself up. Um, you know, feeling guilty for ridiculous things that are just natural. You know, if... If something good happens to somebody and you're a little bit jealous, like you may not want to feel that way, but that's normal and human and understandable. And to think that you're going to go to hell because you're jealous of someone or that you're not doing what you think is the right thing all day long and just tormenting yourself with trying to be perfect is torture. And I've had, um, clients and friends who, who dealt with that. Um, a fear of being aggressive or perpetrating aggression or being harmed. Um, I know sometimes if I hear an ambulance, I may have a thought going, oh, what if that ambulance is going to my parents' house? Or what if, you know, one of my kids was in an accident and that ambulance is going, you know, to check on them again, another intrusive unwanted thought, um, extreme worry that something isn't complete. You know, I think I did that, but what if I didn't hit submit? I think I turned that in. I think I did my taxes right. Um, What if I didn't finish everything I was supposed to do? Um, There's also a huge theme. I tell my clients about this, a lot of second guessing. So here's some of my own little nuggets that I share. And I'm of course interrupting myself on a tangent, but I'm afraid I might forget to come back to it. But I like to say there's a lot of self-doubt, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of needing reassurance um, and, you know, double-checking things. You know, I've worked with um, clients and had friends that thought, what if I just ran over something? They hit a pothole or they hit some kind of rock or something, and they think, what if that was actually... An animal or a person, and they'll turn around and go back and check, which is the compulsion. I haven't gotten to the definition of compulsions yet, but that's why it's called obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, I had a friend that would just go back. It would take her maybe 45 minutes to get somewhere that should have taken 10, because if she hit a bump, she would say, I didn't see anybody. And that probably wasn't anything but I can't let it go until I check. So that's a key piece with OCD as well. You can't let it go until you double check and triple check. And um, so one of my favorite little challenges or questions to pose to people is, would you lay money on that that thought? So if you're wrong, you owe me $1,000. And if you're right, I'll give you $1,000. Will you do that? or do you deep down know well i didn't hit anybody i didn't run over anybody but i can't let it go or i don't think i got covid from that door handle but i couldn't let it go without washing my hands um so um i had i've had people that have wondered what if i'm gay and i don't know it what if i'm attracted to someone who's married and i and i don't want to be but like just obsessing over what if I feel something I don't want to feel, um, or I'm doing something I don't want to do, and sometimes even confessing it to someone becomes the compulsion. I need somebody else to reassure me, and then I can move past it. But I can't move past it on my own, or I feel like I can't. So um, I have worked with some really severe cases of OCD. Um, I worked with someone over 20 years ago who always had this fear that maybe there was somebody trapped inside a sewer or on the side of the road that needed help. And they might see a leaf in a sewer and think, well, I think that was a leaf or a branch, but what if it wasn't? What if that was a person and they would go back and look in the sewer or wherever, and they would look through parking lots. They would sort of have this feeling that there was somebody maybe in the parking lot that needed help. Um, this, this guy was in college and it was really heartbreaking because he was so stressed out all the time and spent hours looking for people that might need help. He had such a big heart. He would even knock on doors if he had a feeling that there might be someone in a house that needed help, he couldn't let it go until he like rang the doorbell. So um, that is another diagnostic criteria for OCD is how much time does this take? Um, If it's not time consuming, like for me to have a thought once every two months of, you know, poking my eye or poking someone else in the eye or something like that, an ambulance that could be related to my family. That's not taking a lot of time and interfering with my life or my relationships. So that would obviously not meet criteria for OCD, but it would be defined as an intrusive thought or obsession. So, um, let's see, had another example, um, a woman who, She would think that she might have seen blood on a waiter's hand, a server's hand. And her husband was like, sweetie, that was like Kool-Aid or something. It was not blood. And she would refuse to ever wear the jeans or or carry the purse that she had on at that restaurant. Um, And, you know, sometimes she wouldn't ride in that car again. Uh, Or if she saw a warning on like a Christmas tree or some kind of device that said, warning, lead poisoning or something, she wouldn't ride in that car or wear those clothes again. Um, so I'm just trying to give you a few examples. Most people know the, the counting and the checking. Um, you know, I have to do things in even numbers or I have to check and double check things and wondering if they left lights on, left curling iron on, left a stove on. Um, I did leave my stove on one time when I was on a walk with water and I left my family in the house. It was early in the morning and I came back and, you know, there was nothing major that happened, but the the pot was out of water and very, very, very hot and burned and it, it really scared me. And so for a while, I got a little OCD and this is classic of, I would say, I think I turned off the stove, but what if I didn't? I think I did, but it could be wrong. So I go check it and then double check it and sometimes even triple check it. But um, that kind of faded after about a year, but I definitely got more hypervigilant and second guessing. Um, and, And so another thing is I like to say that these patterns of whatever the obsessions are they are predictable and that can be comforting to think this is what my brain does. This is my mind plays tricks on me. I've been there before. This has happened before. And this is just a thought. One of the best things you can tell yourself is just a thought. It's just an image, um, just a sensation, that kind of thing. So you, you don't want to kind of feed that and like need to get reassurance or go to extensive measures to double check things. Um, Oh, another example that's really good. Um, I've had clients that I had one woman that was single and not in a relationship. She was in her 20s and not in any kind of sexual relationship, but oftentimes right before her period, which is interesting, she would have this sudden fear. What if I'm pregnant and what if my dad or my brother or somebody got sperm on the soap or sperm on the towel and I'm getting, going to get pregnant from the soap or the towel. And until her period started, she would just be riddled with fear, even though she knew it was irrational and illogical, but she just couldn't let it go until her period came. So, um, When you think about some of the natural hormonal dips with things like postpartum depression after you have a baby or PMS, your serotonin dips before you start your period for a lot of people, that some of those symptoms might worsen when there's some kind of a hormonal change like that. So um, I worked with her for a long time, and she frequently had that irrational thought. So um, anyway... Those are a few examples. Let me give you just a couple more that are listed here. Um, Extreme concern with order, symmetry, or precision. Um, Just wanting things to be exact or straight or even, like I said, counting things. Some people get obsessed with a certain number. Um, There also can be superstitious beliefs. I've worked with people that felt like If they had a negative thought while they were looking in the mirror, then something bad might happen. So they would stand in place in the mirror until they could think of a positive thought before they walked on. So um, definitely some superstitious beliefs that generated a lot of anxiety. And um, that's part of the criteria as well, is these things cause distress and anxiety. They're not just neutral. And for me, you know, again... The idea that if someone's close, I hope I don't flail and stab them with my fork, it doesn't cause a lot of anxiety because I know it's just a thought. Um, And, you know, this is a kind of an ironic piece of advice, but sometimes when you resist a negative thought or an unwanted thought and try to push it away, it can give it more power. Instead, just kind of accepting it, not being scared of it, and just saying, it's just a thought. Like, don't judge it. Don't worry about it. Don't give it more power. It is just an impulse or a thought. And again, it's unwanted. So um, one example I heard in school that was always memorable was if I told you right now, okay, you can think about anything you want, but don't think about a pink elephant for the next 15 seconds. So then I start timing you and you see what happens. And for most people, because they're trying so hard not to think about a pink elephant, that's all they can think about. So trying not to resist it um, is actually better. And a lot of us underestimate ourselves and we think, oh, I can't handle that. Or, you know, this is too big for me. And it's like, you know, We tell ourselves a lot of things that aren't true, and we can handle these thoughts. And knowing that they're common thoughts that pop into your head don't make a huge deal out of it, um, it makes it a lot easier. You know, one other example that just popped into my mind, um, when somebody comes to an elementary school classroom or something and tries to teach them about germs and the importance of washing your hands and things like that, Let's just say that they, the expert, whoever it is, doctor, nurse, whoever, explains germs and and hand washing and that they might show you under a microscope how many germs you have on your hand or with a special light. I don't know what you call them. But um, you might have out of those 20 kids, you might have 10 that barely listen, barely care. Um, You might have five that wash their hands a little bit more but it doesn't cause anxiety and then you might have two that become preoccupied and obsessed with germs and start washing their hands compulsively um and then i don't know maybe the other three i don't know what what we should say there but um you know different things can trigger anxiety and fear in different people and um So, you know, hygiene and and all that and germs can be a big issue. Um, Okay, let's see. Fear of losing or discarding something important. Actually, I've known people that did this, not clinically, but even just people that always would be like, I think I lost my phone, I lost my phone, or I lost my $300 glasses, or I think I lost my diamond ring, you know, and oftentimes it's like right where they left it, and they would just get worked up into a tizzy or a frenzy, and it was really just this unwanted thought of what if I lose this valuable thing? Um, I think I lost my purse. No, you didn't bring your purse. So, you know, that, that's one I haven't really worked with professionally, but I have seen people that tend to kind of get into that. Um, let's see, can also be seemingly meaningless thoughts, images, sounds, words, or music. So, um, okay, so this is another example, because obsessions can be just images, like, why do I keep picturing the number 526? What does that mean? Is that some kind of superstitious thing? Is something going to happen to me on May twenty sixth, Or am I going to win that much money? Or, you know, you can insert your own theory on what that means. But um, something that could be just a random image, why do I keep picturing a black mouse, you know, what does that mean? Um, or music, why is this music popping into my head? So OCD is a little more complicated than most people think. And, um, it can be tricky. I've worked with people that have been to multiple therapists that never knew that they had OCD because it just didn't come up. Or, um, I I remember working with one person who said, I have weird thoughts sometimes and, You know, sometimes I probably would just let them keep talking. But in this case, I said, like, what do you mean? Give me an example. And she gave me an example. And I think it might have been inappropriately touching someone. And then I asked her if she ever had, you know, checked things or counted things or had any other kind of obsessive thoughts. And she did. She actually had quite a few. So um, we looked into it and it turns out she had OCD. And, you know, it can just look a lot like anxiety if you don't really know how to talk about it or your therapist doesn't ask the right question. Um, So let me see. I'm going to try to wrap this up soon. Um, The compulsive acts or rituals, um, it's defined in one place as, or compulsions, repetitive behaviors or mental acts that are carried out to reduce or prevent anxiety or distress and they are believed to um, prevent a dreaded event or situation. So um, the repetitive acts, again, avoiding cracks, if you think stepping on a crack is gonna cause something bad to happen, washing your hands if you think you've been contaminated or something spreading. Um, avoiding a car that you think might have some toxic substance. Oh, I had a woman that was afraid to go outside because she always thought there was gonna be an animal with rabies that would bite her. Um, So, um, and then another type of compulsion would be like an act or a ritual that would be like a stereotyped behavior that's not enjoyable, that is repeated over and over and perceived to prevent an unlikely event that's really not likely to occur. Um, And they know that the behavior is ineffectual and they try to stop doing it, but they have trouble stopping. So, um, and that could be, like I said, confessing, praying. um, You know, there's so many things that you might do. Like I said about the person looking in the mirror, I have to think something positive positive. So that would be like a um, a ritual or a mental act that you think might prevent something bad from happening. So um, I know this is not an all comprehensive talk on OCD, but um, I hope that it helps clarify some of the, I don't know, confusion around it. And um, I forgot to mention too, the most, um, Evidence for effective treatments is a combination of therapy and medication, and the medication is usually an antidepressant. Um, Cognitive behavioral therapy is one, probably the most proven method, like exposure with response prevention, which might mean like, we're going to make you drive down the street and if you hit a bump, you're not allowed to go back and check, or, you know, we're going to have you go through the mall and you can't wash your hands any more than most people wash their hands or something like that. So um, anyway, I hope this was helpful.